1: Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. I drive, center field, hit the wall, grand slam. This is magnificent. Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes real. Now, here's Frank, Scott, Chris, and Adam. It only
0: took until September, but Francisco Lindor and the New York Mets are finally coming to life. Welcome into Fantasy Baseball today. On Monday, September 13th, Frank Stanfield joined by the one, the only, Scotty Dubb, Scott White. Lots to recap. We have a bunch of potential waiver moves. Would you rather questions for Scott? We'll get into the Mets in just a second. We had another no-hitter, the ninth of this MLB season, which actually... Breaks a record. Record Record-setting ninth no-hitter this weekend. But what's going on, Scott? How was your weekend? Oh, it was great. It was
1: great, Frank. Watched some football. I'm sure you did, too. That's right. Yeah. It's
0: a big weekend. It's a busy weekend, yes. Uh, We were talking beforehand. My day started very early. We're up very late. So for those of you that are watching us live currently on YouTube, we do appreciate you hanging around for this. Scott, I went to the Mets-Yankees subway series. The whole series was awesome, by the way. I mean... Whatever, the Yankees lost two out of three, but the games were very, like, back and forth. At least Saturday and Sunday were, but, man, Saturday was awesome. One of the best live games that I've ever been to in my life. Aaron Judge, two home runs, makes an awesome catch in the ninth inning, so that was fantastic.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, the real exciting game was Sunday, it seemed like, so if you could have... If you could have weaseled your way out of the first week of NFL games and yeah, no. gone to that one instead, you would have really been a fair treat. A brawl, three home runs by Francisco Lindor, including a game winner in eighth. Not, not like a walk-off, but still. Yeah. It was it wasn't awesome. a brawl, right? The bench is cleared. Yeah, it wasn't no, quite a was, brawl. There was no brawl. I was going a little far there with the, the <laughs> brawl talk, but, you know, there was some excitement. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, we had uh, Stanton and Lindora kind of chit-chatting and, and rounding the bases and stuff. Bench is clear there. So yeah, awesome series. We'll get into all that. But let's just start with the no-hitter. Uh, Corbin Burns pulled after eight innings. Does not allow a hit. 14 strikeouts to one walk. 26 swinging strikes on 115 pitches. Josh Hader comes in. Clean inning in the ninth. Two strikeouts. Picks up his 31st save of the season. As I mentioned, ninth no-hitter in baseball this season. The third time Cleveland has been no-hit. So they have Jose Ramirez... And then that's basically it. Nah, I mean, Mel Reyes has been fine, but uh, look, lineup needs a lot of help there in Cleveland. The story here is Corbin Burns. Guy, I don't know, you know, how early he's going to be drafted next year. I think he's very clearly inside the top five, at least, maybe the top three starting pitchers for next year. But it's just been an absolutely ridiculous season for him.
1: Hmm. Yeah, five. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I think I had him outside of my top five the last time I did this. I probably had Shane Bieber in. And, of course, you know, the, it, it kind of contingent on DeGrom's status, too. Is DeGrom going to have some kind of surgical remedy for his elbow in the offseason or not? Um, if not, then obviously he's going to be number one and Garrett Cole's up there and Max Scherzer and Brandon Woodruff. So we're at four right there. I don't know. It might be a little tough to get Burns in the top five, but I got to say, I've been really impressed by how deep into the season he's continued to uh, work deep into games or be used as a conventional starter because he was one of the ones I was most concerned about that for coming into the season. Yeah, He spent so much of his career in relief up to this point. Uh, Last year, obviously... It was what it was, so he didn't get many innings. Then he's up over 150 now, but you know, their Brewers are going to be in the playoffs, so uh, it's it's surprising that in September, with the division basically locked up, they're still letting him go eight innings and throw somewhere around 115 pitches. Yeah, exactly, 15 pitches. Um, So you know that's been impressive to see, and like many other pitchers who saw his spin rates decline and. June. Uh, they they suddenly seem fine again. So, make of that whatever you will. Yeah, they have a 14-game
0: lead in the National League Central, so yeah, it definitely yeah, is, it's over. Yeah, it's definitely interesting that that they are letting him go that far, but I guess one way to assure that you, you won't get pulled is, is pitching uh, without allowing a hit. So, uh, mm-hmm. Corbin Burns has been awesome this year. Top five, top six, I think somewhere in that range uh, heading into next season. So, if you haven't been anywhere, keeper, dynasty leagues, man, it is... Uh, it's a good time. It's a good time to have uh, Corbin Burns on your fantasy team. How about some other players from the weekend? Let's get into it.
1: Oh, my good, goodness gracious.
0: All right, Scott. We've already referenced those Metsies a few times. Which way are you going?
1: Well, yeah, I'm going with Francisco Lindor just because it was, uh, it was a performance to make you say, oh, my goodness gracious, based on the season he's had so far. We've kind of gotten into it a little already, and I don't know... I don't know that there's anything to take away from it here in September. I mean, if you if you used your second round pick on Lindor, are you gonna take a victory lap for a three homer game in September? I don't think so. I don't think that's the way to go about it. He is having you know, this this has been his most prolific month for home runs. He's up to six now for the month. And that was after well, obviously he missed most of August. So, no, I mean six home runs here in September, but the batting average is still kind of suspect. It's been uh, it's been a really weird season for Lindor. The average exit velocity, the hard hit rates, they're both as high as they've ever been for him. And you know, part of that's just because those rates have gone up across the league. But still, and it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem seem like Lindor has suffered in those areas, and a strikeout rate has been higher than usual but still in the same range in that 15% range you know so it's it's been difficult it's been difficult to pin down what exactly is going on for Lindor who should still have plenty left he's 27 years old i mean he's in the prime of his career he shouldn't be in decline yet hopefully he finishes strong hopefully this is the start of a really strong last 3 weeks and we can have some level of confidence drafting him next season
0: Yeah, three home runs on Sunday. He now has six homers over his last nine games. And what I noticed is he's lifting the ball more. In September, 48% fly ball rate. That is his highest of any month. Obviously, we're only about not even halfway through the month, but almost there. So he's, it looks like he's consciously trying to put the ball in the air more. And since returning on August 24th, 92 mile per hour average exit velocity. That's really good. I mean, that's, that's an elite mark. So he's, he is hitting the ball harder. He's putting the ball in the air, uh, and so far it's led to good things for Lindor. So, um, I'm right there with you, Scott. I, hopefully, yeah, we need to see something. We need to see more to to give us a, a reason. Oh, he's still going to be drafted next year, but oh, of course, to be drafted. How high? To be drafted Man. with confidence, right? So, um, yeah, it looks like he's high. he's trending that way right now. Francisco Lindor is. I'm gonna go with uh, Tyler McGill, who pitched on Friday against the Met uh, against the Yankees. Seven innings, two runs. 10 strikeouts to one walk. He had 18 swinging strikes on 98 pitches. Velocity was up a little bit across the board. He is 55% rostered, and he only has one start this week, but it looks like he's going up against the St. Louis Cardinals, who it's a pretty good matchup. They are 23rd in weighted on base average against right handed pitching this season. So it's been a rocky, you know, past three or four starts leading into this one, but a really, really strong performance from McGill on Friday.
1: Well, and he had eight strikeouts against the Nationals the start before that. It wasn't a quality start, but it wasn't far off. Um, so I think, I think McGill probably deserves to be rostered in more leagues than he is. Having said that, uh, next week it looks like he's in line to face Maybe a two-star week, Red Sox and Brewers. It's only a five-game week for the Mets, so maybe not. Maybe just the Red Sox, which obviously wouldn't be the greatest matchup. And then the final week of the season, that would line him up for the Marlins and the Braves. Marlins would be a good matchup. The Braves, not a good matchup. So a mixed bag there with the matchups for McGill uh, if you're you're playing the matchups game at this point. I think he's fine for the Cardinals this week. I actually added him to my 10 sleeper pitchers for this week. But, you know, being a sleeper pitcher obviously doesn't mean a must-start pitcher either. So, it just depends what your pitching needs are. But, you know, for the most part, I like what we've seen from McGill.
0: Yep, and we did get a question from Sean in our YouTube chat, and he was asking, what are some tips on rest-of-season waiver ads? And I think Scott just gave you one there, is at this point, we're, we're looking at schedules. We're looking at matchups more than anything else. It's, we're not really picking up players that have long-term upside or potential. Uh, Maybe unless you play in a keeper league, but mostly we're looking at matchups at this point. So uh, McGill this week against the Cardinals, it's a good one.
1: There are certain players that I don't care about the matchups as much. I just think they've been overlooked for so long. Mm -hmm. Frank Schwindel, Ranger Suarez. It just so happens they have pretty good matchups. The Cubs not this upcoming week, but then the two weeks following they have good matchups. Um, so it helps, but I, I think players like that, it wouldn't so much matter what the matchups are. They just they just have shown an ability to make an impact. Yeah. Of course, they're both they're not widely available. They're available in about a third of CBS sports leagues.
0: Schwindel is climbing, Scott. I saw he's all the way up to fifty-eight percent. So yeah. People people are listening and it took a while, but he's playing very well. We'll get more into Schwindel in just a little bit. Scott, I want you to rank some waiver wire starting pitchers. Uh, Based on their matchups this upcoming week, Cole Irvin made a nice start over the weekend. Seven innings, two runs, eight strikeouts against the Rangers. He is 66% rostered at the Angels this upcoming week. I mentioned Tyler McGill. Eric Lauer, another strong performance on Sunday. Five and a third, one run, eight strikeouts. He is home against the Cubs this week. Adrian Hauser, his last two starts, he has allowed two unearned runs, zero earned runs, over 15 innings pitched. One of those was a complete game. He's at home against the Cubs this week. And then Michael Pineda started against the Royals this week in five innings, one run, three strikeouts, up against Cleveland, who I think they've replaced the Mariners, Scott. So there's a chance that Michael Pineda might throw a no-hitter in that game. Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They've given up the most no-hitters this season, three of them. So I have to change my Mariners joke, apparently.
0: That's right. Uh, So how would you rank this group, Scott? Cole Irvin, Tyler McGill, Eric Lauer, Adrian Hauser, Michael Pineda.
1: So we're just talking about how much I want to start them for this upcoming week, right? Yep. Uh, Miguel would be number one. He's the only one of my ten sleeper pitchers. The others, yeah, yeah, I'm not necessarily opposed to using them with the matchups they have, um, but not as much confidence, obviously. So I'll rank the others. Uh, let's go, Cole Irvin, because he has the best chance of going, giving a lot of providing a lot of length. Followed by Lauer, Hauser, and Pineda. Uh, by the way, I was looking at Lauer, considering him for the waiver wire column for this week, and uh, I, don't, I don't love the Brewers' matchups for their pitchers the rest of the way. So you might not have much use for Lauer after this week. Who's, who's suspect anyway? I mean, I don't... He's been really successful of late, let's see, what day did he start this weekend? Did he start Sunday? Yep. So, Lauer's numbers, if I can find them real quick. Yeah, so over his... two Touring runs are fewer than 11 of his past 12 starts. That's a 184 ERA, 101 whip, 8.2 K per nine, over a 12-start stretch. But... Hmm. But... <laughs> uh Not a lot to explain how he's been that successful. I don't really have a good explanation for it. So I'm highly skeptical of it.
0: All right. Again, that is Eric Lauer. Let's quickly fire up the dropo meter here, Scott, because we just talked about some pitchers you might want to add. Let's talk about a few that you might want to drop. Uh, Josiah Gray has allowed 17 earned runs over his last three starts. He does face Colorado this week in Washington. So normally that would be a good matchup, but he's just pitching so poorly right now. He's 64% oh, yeah. rostered. Where is he on the drop meter
1: uh, pretty much a 10. I mean, his last three starts, five home runs allowed, bunch of walks too. And um, for some reason in, in those three starts, he's he's really faded his slider. I don't know why. I don't know if he's just lost the feel for it or something, but he does not look nearly, nearly as effective without it.
0: All right. How about Corey Kluber, who has an 8.49 ERA in three starts since returning. He has not completed... Uh, he has not gone more than four innings in any of those starts. He's still seventy eight percent rostered, but he faces Cleveland this week, Scott. So he might throw four no hit innings. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed with how Kluber's three starts back from the IL have gone. The velocities seemed fine. Um, he's been getting whiffs on his curveball. He's doing. It, it appears he's doing the things that he was finding success success with before he went on the IL, but. Obviously he's given you no reason to use him since returning, so I'll 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 put him like eight on the drop a meter.
0: Yeah. I mentioned I was at the start Saturday. Corey Kluber started that game. He gave up a lot of hard contacts. He, he just didn't really have a feel for anything. He didn't throw many strikes. I don't know. He just he looks off right now. And and normally he's a slow starter, so this might be him being a slow starter, you know, returning back into the rotation. So uh yeah, I'm with you. I, I think you could probably drop Kluber. Uh Tarek Skubel. He threw three shutout innings with six strikeouts against the Tampa Bay Rays this weekend, but that's back-to-back three inning starts. He's still 73% rostered.
1: Yeah, I'd put him at like a nine. It it seems like the Tigers are guarding his workload now, just like they are with Casey Mize. So I don't know. I don't know if there's going to be much more use for Scoopel the rest of the way.
0: We spoke about this guy last week too, but James Kaprilian, uh, he's still 78% rostered. He has a 5.73 ERA over his last Seven starts, is he gone?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to put him at ten. I'll, I'll put it at eight. Like Kluber is, you know, he he was he had been outperforming his ex fit for most of the season, and just seems like it's catching up to him now.
0: James Kaprilian, he gone, he gone, and he gone, and he gone, and he gone. A quick, oh my goodness gracious, team from the weekend, the Toronto Blue Jays. They scored 44 runs on Saturday and Sunday combined. So that was three games. Saturday was a doubleheader. They actually scored 11 runs in the final inning, in the seventh inning, to to come back and and win that game against Baltimore. I mean, the Orioles pitching staff is just so bad, but I wanted to give the Blue Jays a shout-out. They scored 22 runs on Sunday alone, which, if you saw the score on your little ticker, while you're watching TV, you probably thought it was a football score, but they they wind up winning 22-7. So a uh, few standouts. Vlad Jr. hit two more homers. He's now up to 44 home runs for the season. Teoscar Hernandez, eight hits over those three games on Saturday and Sunday. Two more homers. He's now at 27 home runs, 11 seals for the season. Great, great year for uh, Teoscar Hernandez. And then Lourdes Gurriel, three homers, six runs, 10 RBI over the last two days, 87% rostered, so likely not available. But very quietly... Teoscar Hernandez, uh, Lourdes Gurriel, rather, up to a two hundred eighty three batting average with an eight oh two OPS. So, really slow starter, a lot like Michael Conforto has disappointed for most of the year. But once August came around, I mean, both Lourdes Gurriel and Michael Conforto have have turned it on in the outfield. If you held on to those guys, so.
1: Oh well, yeah, I mean Teoscar Hernandez has been good all year. That's oh for Gurriel. sure. Yep. Out yeah, Gurriel lately. Hernandez has been one of my biggest misses because he was the bust call I was most confident in uh, back in the spring. Remember, but you know, really, really cut down on the strikeout rate, so that, that hasn't been the issue that it had been throughout his career.
0: It's going to be interesting to see where he goes next year in drafts, Teoscar Hernandez, because I was basically comparing him to Kyle Tucker. They have very similar numbers. I would have to imagine Kyle Tucker is going to be a second round pick at least. I think he's probably going to go somewhere yeah, in that round, probably range.
1: borderline second, third.
0: But if you if you compare their numbers side by side, they're like they're not far off. Tascar Hernandez and Kyle Tucker, very similar players this year. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, some news and notes from the weekend. Max Herzer became the 19th pitcher in Major League history to 3,000 strikeouts. He took a perfect game into the eighth inning. He only gave up one hit with nine strikeouts against the San Diego. Padres. So, shout out to Max Scherzer. You want to talk about misses? Uh, That was me. I was way off, way off on Max (laughs) Scherzer. Mets manager Luis Rojas said on Sunday that he's hopeful Jacob DeGrom will be able to resume mound work this week. (laughs) I don't know if like should we just should we continue holding Jacob DeGrom, Scott?
1: It's obvious. It's not imperative. Yeah. If uh, if you have an IL spot to stash him in, there's not really any any downside to that, but I am, uh, you know, how, how, how much time does he have to get stretched out? I mean, even Shane Bieber, he's scheduled to begin a rehab assignment Tuesday. He hasn't pitched since June, right? Like, yeah, for what? For one start, is he going to come back, make one start? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, two starts. I don't know. I would have to
0: imagine since he hasn't pitched since June, he's probably going to, Gonna need at least
1: two starts, right? On rehab. On rehab, so Tuesday and Tuesday and Sunday. Sunday? hopefully, maybe not even till the following week, and yeah. then maybe we next see him- week. Not this upcoming week, but next week is the second to last week of the season. <laughs> yeah, so.
0: I mean, yeah, you might have Bieber for those final two weeks, but it's you know how how much are they going to push him? Cleveland's out of it too, so yeah, I don't yeah, know. we'll we'll, uh, we'll see. The White Sox are expected to use a. Six-man rotation over the rest of the season, which will allow Ronaldo Lopez to make a few more starts. But then, Tony La Russa said that he's uncertain when Carlos Rodon will pitch next. So, uh, Rodon limited the Red Sox to one run over five innings on Friday. Scott, have you seen anything on this? The latest Carlos Rodon-White Sox rotation?
1: I haven't. Keeping up with rotations. You know, it's funny. We're saying, oh, this, this, this pitcher's next four matchups are this, 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 and this. But how... W- you can't really say that with a lot of certainty. It's it's just keeping up with rotations right now is... Uh, it's is, a mess. It's dicey. It's <laughs> dicey.
0: It's a mess, yeah. I mean, these are very tentative schedules that we're throwing out there. But again, like we said, I said it on Friday's podcast, and we're talking about you know schedules moving forward, two-star pitchers. It's, you know, take a lot of it with a grain of salt. But uh, these are the things that you should be looking at, again, this time of year, is is matchups more than anything else. Awesome story as Chris Bassett... Through a bullpen session on Saturday, thirty pitches, and he could make multiple starts uh before the end of the season. And if you remember, he got hit in the face with a line drive back in August and he had to have surgery on his uh he had a like a fractured cheek. So it's it's a great story for Chris Bassett. He's sixty nine percent rostered. Scott, would you look to add and, and stash Bassett anywhere?
1: Mmm. No, I, I still think it's a long shot. He's going to get to a point where you could trust him in your lineup.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, you know, Oakland, unlike the other teams that we've talked about, they, they are playing for something right now. They're three games out of the wildcard spot, so they're, they're trying to...
1: Uh, they're, they're trying to stay in it. They're, they're trying. They're, they're falling. They're, they're sinking like a rock. The Mariners have better, a better Gosh. chance of making the playoffs now. I just realized the Yankees are a game out of the wild card. Uh, imagine
0: trading for Anthony Rizzo and Joey Gallo, and not playing for a wild card game.
1: Mm. <laughs> just... Imagine trading for Jose Barrios and not playing for a wild card game. Yeah, as 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 it you know the Blue Jays were pretty far out of it at the time. Now they're ahead of the Yankees.
0: Yeah, there's uh, the AFC East right there at the top of the wild card. The the Blue Jays, the Red Sox, and then the Yankees are. Our game behind. What what division was that? What did I say? AFC East. Gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's... All right. Well, football's here, and it's uh, it's Sunday. So there you go. The AL East. Chris Sale. Speaking of the Red Sox, he tested positive for COVID on Friday and missed his start this weekend. He'll be out at least ten days, which means he won't start this upcoming week either, so make sure to get Chris Sale out of your lineups. Trevor Bowers' administrative leave was officially extended through the end of the postseason as expected. The Dodgers placed Kenley Jansen on the paternity list. He'll miss the next one to three days. Jack Flaherty is scheduled to throw a bullpen session Thursday. He's on the I.L. with a shoulder strain. A lot like the other pitchers we've talked about, Scott, I just don't think that there's enough time here for Flaherty to get built back up.
1: I don't think so. I don't think so.
0: Yep. Uh, Marcelo Zuna was placed on administrative leave under the league's domestic violence policy. Domingo Herman will start a rehab assignment on Tuesday. David Bednar was unavailable Sunday due to right-side discomfort, and I believe Chris Stratton picked up at least one save this weekend. Yeah, on Saturday. Six saves. So, if you play in a deep categories league, I I, I picked up Stratton in a 15-team Roto League where I am very desperate for saves. <laughs> so, again, you have to be pretty desperate there. Uh, yeah, for the for the Pirates would be closer, I guess. The Rays activated reliever Nick Anderson. Any interest in him Scott in very deep leagues?
1: So, he's another pitcher who had el- an elbow ligament issue and didn't have Tommy John surgery to correct it. So, you know, and it's the Rays. I you know, I I think the reliever to to roster there is is Andrew Kittredge, uh, but that's not that's not saying much, and that has as much to do with his ERA as anything else.
0: We had a couple of players go to the IL this weekend, and uh, a lot with the Tampa Bay Rays actually. Wander Franco with a right hamstring strain, which is unfortunate because he was he's been awesome here in the second half. So there's a chance he returns for the the end of the season. You know, maybe last week or so. But uh, yeah. Sucks. Shane McClanahan, another one. Yeah, He went to the IL with back stiffness, but only expected to miss one start, so definitely keep Shane McClanahan on your teams. Chris Archer went to the IL with hip discomfort. Matthew Boyd with a left elbow strain. Steven Brault with a left latch strain. Scott, would you start or sit these players who are currently questionable? The Yankees are optimistic. Garrett Cole will start on Tuesday, but I guess there's still anything can happen the year of the setback, so would you... <laughs> Throw Garrett Cole back in your lineups.
1: Yeah, I mean, lining up for two starts, and those two starts would be the Orioles and the Indians. So, you might throw two no-hitters. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, that would, I, That's very welcome for, uh, for the Yankees right now. Aaron Judge left Sunday's game due to dizziness. I haven't seen any updates on this yet, Scott, but uh, the Yankees do play on Monday. They have seven games this week, so you'll have to make the decision right away.
1: Yeah. Um he's been amazing too of late. So I would expect to play him.
0: Yeah. Uh Blake Snell left Sunday with left adductor tightness, which also sucks because Blake Snell has been amazing. What do you think uh, here, Scott? Yeah,
1: it's just figures. It figures, Frank. Can't we get good pitching <laughs> this time of year? Like Nope. There's so there's so little to be had. Scott, do you where is a left adductor? It's the groin. Oh,
0: all right. (laughs) I've heard it a million times in my life, but I couldn't like if you told me if I had a skeleton and I had to, or or if I had to point to Derek Jeter here on my Uh, wall and say,
1: "Where is his adductor?" I I, yeah, it's not. Yeah, I'd rather not point to that.
0: (laughs) Uh, Would you take Blake Snell out of your lineup? Yeah, I think
1: you have to. Yeah, it doesn't I mean, sound too so good. He might be out for the season.
0: Uh, the Padres aren't aren't expected to place Jake Cronenworth on the IL, but he is managing a fractured left ring finger. What
1: what do you do there? Jeez, I mean, players have played through broken fingers before. So, um, do we know when he heard it?
0: It happened he, this weekend.
1: Okay, so it hasn't been. So we don't we don't really have an idea how he's going to do with it.
0: He yeah. He didn't play I, I would I think it happened Friday because he only had one at bat and then he didn't play Saturday or Sunday.
1: Okay, so, so but, he sat out the whole weekend. Okay, probably probably should try to sit him then.
0: Yep. How about Chris Taylor? He's missed two straight with a neck injury.
1: He's been ice cold too. So if you have alternatives, be good to play it safe.
0: Uh Tim Anderson is expected to be activated Tuesday. Throw him back in. Yeah. Zach Granke apparently will return Tuesday and start against the Rangers. Okay,
1: yeah. Start him.
0: Joe Adele was out Sunday after running into the outfield wall on Saturday, and he's, he's been pretty hot recently. He's got an eight-game hitting streak, and during that span, he has three homers and one steal. What do you think about Joe Adele?
1: I don't like the Angels' matchups this week. They have the second-worst matchup. so with the health situation happening there, too, I would rather sit Joe Adele.
0: Uh, last one here. Michael Brantley is dealing with knee discomfort and did not play on Sunday. And while he's hit for a great batting average all year, batting 315, virtually no power. Eight home runs, 45 RBI. It's it's pretty dreadful for Michael Brantley.
1: Well, I love the Astros matchups this week. Mm-hmm. But, you know, obviously you actually need him to be in the lineup to take advantage of those. Uh, prob- probably going to sit him in most standard size leagues.
0: The Astros do play on Monday at 8 o'clock, so you should know... At a decent time, you know, maybe an hour or so beforehand, uh, whether or not Michael Brantley is in the lineup. A few prospect updates. Seth Beer, finally, Scott, he was called up on Friday by the Diamondbacks and he homered yeah. in his first career at bat. He is 8% mm-hmm. rostered. Would you look to add Seth Beer anywhere?
1: Sure. 15 team leagues for certain. Probably some 12 team roto leagues. It's not clear how much he's going to play. The Diamondbacks were in on AL Park this week, and I believe Seattle, right? Yep. And um, so he, he had a pinch hit home run on Friday and then started Saturday and Sunday at DH. Went four for eight with the home run and a double. So got off to a great start. And obviously they don't have anything to lose this year. Might as well audition him for next year since he's up, you would think. But defense is an issue for him even at, at first base. So... Can't be a hundred percent sure they're going to play him. They should, but it remains to be seen. So I wouldn't go crazy for Seth Beer yet, but a really good, really good profile for fantasy purposes. Hit for average and power in the minors. Good on base skills. Kind of a, kind of a Moneyball era throwback in that. All he does is mash. Mm-hmm.
0: I picked him up in my NFBC main event, which is a 15-team, 5x5 five five Roto League. I picked him up for a buck out of a $1,000 mm, budget. So.
1: Sounds good to me.
0: Yeah, let's uh, let's get some playing yeah. time, Seth Beer. We'll, we'll throw him in there. But again, yeah, for deeper leagues, uh, take a look at Seth Beer. Jose Barrero was recalled by the Reds this weekend, Scott. Even though we just spoke about him on Friday, he was called yeah. up because Kyle Farmer went on paternity
1: leave. So anything to see here with Barrero? And I think Barrero got hurt on Saturday.
0: Uh, yeah, I saw something. Was he back was... in the
1: lineup Sunday? I didn't check that. Let's see. He was
0: not in the lineup
1: Sunday. Yeah. And since it's a paternity leave thing anyway,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, I, I think they'll go back to Farmer when he's, when he's back in the lineup either way.
0: Uh, Clark Schmidt was promoted and started for the Yankees on Sunday. He was not great. He, I believe, gave up five runs over four and two thirds. Only two of those were earned. So uh, he is regarded as one of their better uh, pitching prospects. Four and a third, five runs, two of those earned, three walks to two strikeouts. Eh, not really. Eh, anything, Clark Schmidt?
1: No, no. I don't. I don't. I don't even. There's no reason to believe it's even a long-term stay, right? Yeah.
0: Nah. All right, uh, with Randy Orozarena activated this weekend, Josh Lowe was sent back to the minors, which we assumed would happen, and Rangers third base prospect Josh Young is not expected to make his Major League debut this season. So if you were stashing him anywhere in redraft, you could drop him, uh, but maybe next year in Keeper and Dynasty Leagues. Let's take a quick break. When we return, we've got a ton of waiver wire hitters going to make Scott make some tough decisions. We'll do that next here <laughs> on Fantasy Baseball Today. The model features a fuel cell foam underfoot and a synthetic and mesh upper to provide breathability, comfort, and a snug fit as you round the bases. The fuel cell midsole features nitrogen-infused foam specifically designed to propel athletes forward. Learn more about the 4040 at newbalance.com.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: All right, so let's rank some outfielders in shallower leagues. Scott. I mentioned Michael Conforto a little bit earlier. The Mets are hot, Lindor is hot, and so is Michael Conforto since the start of August. A 276 batting average, 870 OPS, six homers, he's 71% rostered, he's got six home games this week. Joe Adele, I mentioned, you don't like his matchups this week, but he's on an eight-game hitting streak. Andrew Benintendi, over his last five games, he has 12 hits, three homers, he's 56% rostered. And then Ian Happ, who I think kind of fits that mold that you mentioned with Frank Schwindel, where... You don't like the matchups for the Cubs, but Ian Happ is just too hot to leave on the waiver wire. So uh, he is 57% rostered. How would you rank that group, Scott? Conforto, Adele, Benintendi, Ian Happ.
1: Yeah, Happ would be number one. Again, I don't know that you start him this week necessarily, but I do like the Cubs matchups for the two weeks thereafter. Uh, So he'd be number one. And then Conforto. And we've been waiting to see this from him all year. It's happening so late that I I don't know. I I don't know if I don't know if he's fine now. Um, you know, obviously a small sample and it's not like overwhelmingly awesome. It's just like normal Michael Conforto production. But he would be second, followed by Adele and then Benintendi. All right, there you go. So that is Hap Conforto,
0: Adele Benintendi. Would you rather? Hitter edition. I've got a lot of these, Scott. Tough decision, number one. I know Jamer Candelario is on your sleeper hitter list for this week, but Frank Schwindel has been great since he uh, has joined the Chicago Cubs. He had six more hits this weekend, added another home run. He's 58% rostered. Candelario had a double dong on Sunday and just having a really big second half, 915 OPS in the second half this season. Who would you rather have for this upcoming week or I guess rest of season, Candelario or Schwindel?
1: You know, I'm looking at the Tigers matchups. Now uh, no, the White Sox are tough. They got the they got the White Sox twice and then this week, yeah, you know, this week their matchups. Okay. So, uh if you can afford to roster both, I would start Candelario over Schwarber this week or Schwindel this week. But Schwindel's the one that needs to be rostered. So, I'll say Schwindel.
0: Okay. I think that's fair, though. I mean, nice little caveat there, but uh, yeah, really good matchups this upcoming week for Jamer Candelario. How about in the Baltimore Orioles outfield, Scott? Anthony Santander, three homers this weekend. He is 57% rostered, six games this upcoming week, including three lefties on the schedule, and then Austin Hayes, who I know is also one of your sleeper hitters over his last 15 games, three 11 batting average, four home runs. Who would you rather have, Austin Hayes or Anthony Santander?
1: Well, this is very much a week-to-week situation and the Orioles are in line to face at least three lefties. Santander's worse against lefties. uh, Hayes is better. Hayes has a near 900 OPS against lefties on the year. So I would say Austin Hayes. By the way, Santander, um, prior to that little home run binge over the weekend, he had been... He'd been cold. <laughs> it, it had been like a 13 game stretch where he had done nothing. So it was very like when Santander is one of those players when he's not homering, he's just a waste of her lineup spot. All right. So, yeah. Hayes going Hayes.
0: All right. Austin Hayes, we're going with there. Let's say you need a catcher, Scott, in a one catcher league. Oof. This is a toughie. I know you like both of these guys. Dalton Varsho went three for four with his 10th home run on Saturday. He's got six road games this upcoming week. Alejandro Kirk is hot right now. And I know he was one of your, oh my goodness gracious, players last week. His last 15 games, 288 batting average, five homers for Alejandro Kirk. Who would you rather have, Varsho or Kirk?
1: I've been debating these two all day in, in my league's... Some leagues where I have Varsho, do I drop him for Kirk in the waiver wire column coming out Monday? Do I feature Kirk or Varsho? I think I'm going to have to lean toward Kirk. It's mostly a matchups thing. Mostly a matchups thing. The Diamondbacks this week, they get the Dodgers and Astros. Next week, the Braves and Dodgers. The final week of the season, Giants And then Rockies. Rockies you don't worry about so much. But all those others are tough for Varsho.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, The Blue Jays have it pretty good. So, I do think Varsho is higher upside and potentially more playing time. But that's not even how it's been playing out. So, I'll go Kirk.
0: Yeah, and if you want to take lineup context into account as well. I mean just <laughs> the Blue Jays, one of the one of the best lineups in baseball right now. So, that definitely really. helps uh, Alejandro Kirk as well. Let's say you need a corner infielder scout with some pop. Who would you rather have? Brandon Belt who had uh, who has 10 hits and 3 home runs over his last 5 games or Bobby Dahlbeck, who hit another home run on Friday and in the second half is batting 281, 11 homers, a 968 OPS. Belt or Dahlbeck?
1: So, this week, it's definitely Dahlbeck because the Red Sox are scheduled to face five lefties. Dahlbeck is at his best against lefties. Five lefties, wow. Yep, yep, he's in my 10 sleeper hitters and, and Belt is not. Now, Belt, obviously, he's been hot. He was in my 10 sleeper hitters for this past week. Obviously, that, that turned out well. Crushed it. Here's the issue. He was out of the lineup Sunday against a left-hander. Wilmer Flores was in the lineup at first base. And if you look back at when Belt went from being a platoon player to an everyday player, it was when Wilmer Flores went on the IL at the start of September. So now Flores is back. Does Belt go back to sitting against lefties? No. I know, it would be annoying, but I I fear that's what's going to happen. So I will take Dahlbeck not just for this week, I would, uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, it's, I can't predict the matchups for the next two weeks. How many lefties and righties for each of these teams? But I would not be beholden to Belt because I think he's going to lose playing time.
0: Okay, I'll just point out: this is what CBS has for this upcoming week. That the Giants are only scheduled to face one lefty as of now, and that is Max Fried.
1: So that's good, but it's tough matchups. They have my, they have the fifth yep. worst matchups. Yeah, according gets- to moi.
0: You Darvish Joe Musgrove Charlie Morton even you know obviously Max free is pitching very well so it is pretty tough for uh, for the Giants this upcoming week let's say you play in a five outfield of the league Scott and you want to pick up uh, someone who's hot right now I think Lane Thomas and Brian De la Cruz would both fit that description Lane Thomas hit a three-run homer on Sunday he's consistently leading off for the Washington Nationals he's 12% rostered Brian De la Cruz for the Marlins this weekend five hits he added another home run. And in 39 games uh, with Miami, 338 batting average, four home runs for
1: De La Cruz.
0: He's 8% rostered. Who do you like more, Lane Thomas or BDLC?
1: (laughs) So Brian De La Cruz, the Marlins have the better matchups this week. So I'll go with him for this week. And uh, I'm not particularly high on either of these guys, though. Entering Sunday's game, De La Cruz had a 4.56 BABIP. So, you know, obviously the batting average was well over three hundred, so maybe it stands to reason the is gonna be high, but that's really high. <laughs> too yeah. high to sustain. I'm pretty sure he
0: has it's like a two hundred fifty seven expected batting average last I saw. Yep. That's it too. So uh currently batting three thirty eight. Should be some uh regression here. So
1: all right. Uh so did you give an answer for that? Who do you like more Yeah, of for this week I'll I'll take De La Cruz, but it's not. Like, I didn't even put him in my 10 sleeper hitters. Okay. Maybe I should have, but... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, he's more of a deeper league play anyway. Just like these players, if you need some speed, Scott, they play on the same team. Would you rather have Leody Tavares or Yanni Hernandez Tavares in 16 games since returning to the Rangers? Only batting 209, but he's got three homers, five steals, so he's making stuff happen. Uh, Yanni Hernandez, his last seven games, has seven hits with five steals, Stole a ton of bases in the minor leagues as well. So, if you just need speed, which one of those guys do you like more?
1: Tavares. Okay. Do you disagree?
0: Um. N- no, I mean he makes a little bit more things happen. I think if maybe if you just need speed, Hernandez would make more sense. But if if you're looking for the highest upside, I do think Tavares has more upside in general. So. Uh, I'm cool with that. They do play seven home games this week, too. So I don't know exactly how good the matchups are, but volume-wise, they're not good. Not good. Not good for Texas. <laughs> All right, so uh, if you do need some speed, those are some some names to look at. How about if you need some power in deeper leagues? Jesus Sanchez hit a home run in three straight games this weekend. Some bombs, too. One went 460. Another one went 429. He's 25% roster. DJ Peters, his last seven games with Texas. He's batting 321 with three homers. Hit a good amount of home runs in the minor leagues, too. Uh, and then Yoshi su, 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 go, 24 games with the Pirates, 279 batting average, seven homers, a 1096 OPS. Deeper league, Scott, if you need pop. Sanchez, Peters, Tsutsugo.
1: Uh, probably Sanchez. The Marlins have the best matchups of these three teams in you know, home runs in three straight games. I didn't put him on my 10 sleeper hitters either because he's kind of a poor man's Anthony Santander where it's home run or nothing, basically. For Jesus Sanchez, but um, definitely not ready to trust DJ Peters. And I'm not ready to trust Yoshi Tsutsugo either, but really productive since joining the Pirates. It's very interesting what he's done. I'm not, again, not ready to buy into it, but um, keeping a close eye on it here to close out the season.
0: Yeah, if you play in a 15-team Roto League Uh, Sutsugo has six games this week, only one lefty on the schedule, so he's been sitting against lefties, has started seven of the last eight games for the Pirates, so uh, the upcoming schedule... Helps for Sutsugo this week. Some hitting leftovers from the weekend. Anything here with these names, Scott? Tommy Lastella had a big game on Saturday. He went three for six with a home run, five RBI. He did not play on Sunday. He led off the previous four games for the Giants. Gavin Lux has started three straight for the Dodgers, back-to-back multi-hit games. He's 33% rostered. And then Garrett Hampson had a double dong on Sunday and has started seven of the last nine games for the Rockies.
1: I don't think there's a lot to see here. Um... I suspect Flores' return might also impact Lestella's playing time in some way. It's surprising he'd been playing so much. You know, Hampson, we know what to make of him. Gavin Lux has been playing left field since returning, which is interesting, but it's not like he was hot at AAA, so I'm I'm not about to take a flyer on him again.
0: All right, a few other standouts from the weekend. Cedric Mullins, two homers and two steals. He's now up to 29 home runs and 28 steals. This is a ridiculous season for Cedric Mullins. Uh, Javier Baez had a sock and a shoe on Saturday. He knew I was in attendance, so he wanted to show off. I do appreciate that, Javier Baez. He's been awesome.
1: Show off the foot apparel.
0: Yeah, he's been all awesome since joining the Mets. 31 games, batting 306, eight homers, four steals. Overall, he's up to 30 homers, and 17 seals for the season, Javier Baez. So just an awesome bounce back year. And someone is going to Yeah, it's <laughs> it's funny because
1: uh, he made other than generating headlines for all the wrong reasons.
0: Right, but. yeah. He uh he threw the ball away, which allowed the Yankees to tie tie the game? I, I think yeah. either tie the game or bring it to within one run on Saturday. And everyone around the stadium just started doing like the thumbs down. So it was, it was, pretty but they're, funny they're,
1: they're trying to turn it around. I and mean, Lindor was given the thumbs up to the crowd after <laughs> after the home runs tonight. And they seem to be loving it. So, you know, Lindor kind of got lumped in there.
0: Yeah. Baez is going to get paid by someone this offseason. I don't know who it's going to be, but uh, he's having a great year. You know who's not having a great year? That's uh, that's Joey Gallo. He's he's done the opposite since joining the Yankees. Thirty nine games with them, he is batting one thirty six with a forty percent strikeout rate. I know he could get hot, Scott, but he's he's still ninety eight percent rostered. I, I I don't know. Hey, playing this bad, I kind of feel
1: like you can't start him. You can't. You just can This him is right one now. of those. Yeah, I mean.
0: Well, you know, they faced the Orioles this week, so now I don't know.
1: The Orioles are so great. <laughs> they, they have, the Yankees have the single best matchups this week. Oh, man. But so, I, I don't know, like, you know, Gallo, that doesn't mean Gallo's going to turn it on. It's either on or it's off with him. I hate this profile. I hate it. Because you never know what to do with it. he's definitely you-don't-want-this-weapon-falling-in-the-wrong-hands kind of player. Yeah. Um, But if... It would have to be a. It would have to be a specific, specific circumstances. Like I'm specifically chasing home runs mm-hmm. and RBI. Uh, in 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 my roto league, you know, maybe some five outfielder leagues. You really won't have much choice but to start him anyway. But if you're talking about like a points league, mm, nah, it's not worth it. So, seven games this week.
0: Two lefties on the schedule. Both of those are against Baltimore, man. Uh, just Baltimore, so bad again. Forty-four runs given up to the Blue Jays over their last three games. It's, uh, all right, I take it back. I think you could, you probably want to leave Gallo in there against the Orioles just, just because they're that bad. Uh, Luis Arias went two for four with his twentieth home run of the season on Friday. He's got second, third base, shortstop eligibility, sixty-six percent rostered. The problem: the Brewers only play five games this upcoming week. Miles Straw had three steals on Friday, and in 40 games with Cleveland, he's batting 280 with 10 steals. 52% rostered, for those of you chasing speed in your category leagues. A few others here. Bryce Harper, six homers over his last eight games. He's now batting 307 with 32 home runs and 12 steals. Awesome year for Bryce Harper. Uh, nice weekend for Byron Buxton, a bounce back five hits, including two home runs. Luis Robert, in 27 games since returning from the I.L., 368 batting average, six homers, one steal, 14% strikeout rate for mm. Luis Robert. Colton Wong and Avisael Garcia both had a pair of double dongs on Sunday. And Mitch Haniger has homered in back-to-back games. However, is only batting 216 over his last 30 games. Should you Would you drop Mitch Hanniger, Scott, or at least
1: entertain the thought? Oh, no. I couldn't do that. No. Okay. Nope.
0: All right, so uh, let's go over to the pitching side of things. I do have some starter sit questions for you. Kyle Hendricks, bounce back this weekend. His first quality start since August 17th. Would you start or sit at the Phillies this week?
1: I'm probably going to start him in half my leagues. And sit. I have him in a lot of leagues. Probably going to start him in half and sit him in half. So, um, And it'll be based on <laughs> what my other options are at starting pitcher. More likely to start him in a points league than a roto, I would say. But you know, in a roto, it kind of depends what you need. If you need wins more, if you need strikeouts more, I mean, I guess I guess mostly it just come down to if you need wins, right?
0: Yeah, I guess if you really need a high ERA, he, he's probably good for that too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: just, he got dropped in uh, one of my fifteen-team roto leagues, and I picked him up for seven dollars of a thousand dollar budget like nobody wanted him in that league i mean it's surprising to me
0: i guess it's yeah it is a 15 team league but it's man it's just Hendricks has been so bad at philly too it's it's pretty scary um i think anything anything deeper than 12 teams you could probably talk me into it but i don't know
1: well he's he's been bad unless he's been good is the thing but like when he's right? bad he's he's been really bad oh yeah when when he was bad, he was horrid.
0: <laughs> uh, yep. A lot like this next pitcher we're about to talk about, who uh, is Herman Marquez. He was at the Phillies this weekend, six shutout with six strikeouts. It was his first quality start since August seventeenth, as well. Would you start or sit at the Atlanta Braves?
1: Oh yeah, very similar situation. Uh, I'd you know I'd I'd prefer to be able to sit him, but he may be the best I have. Mm-hmm. Oof, kind of just depends.
0: He was actually dropped in my. Uh, main event, 15-team Roto as well, and he was mm-hmm. added for $52 out of a $1,000 budget on Sunday. So, I had a bid in, but I, I, I didn't even have $52 left to spend, so uh, yeah. I did not get him, unfortunately. Ian Anderson was at the Marlins this weekend. Five innings, two runs, nine strikeouts, 21 swinging strikes on 89 pitches. Would you start him at home against the
1: Rockies this week? Uh, Probably, and this was a really interesting start because he had a combined zero strikeouts in his previous two starts. I was getting kind of worried. He bounces back with this, and granted it was against the Marlins, but nine strikeouts in five innings and 21 swinging strikes. I mean, even when Ian Anderson was a big strikeout, when he came up last year and was getting a bunch of strikeouts when he's gotten strikeouts at times this year, wasn't on swinging strikes, and then beyond that 13 of those swinging strikes were on the curveball the changeup is 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 really his elite pitch the curveball is um you know sometimes he, he's good at getting like called strikes with it but swinging strikes it's not usually what it's there for so I couldn't really find anything explaining what he did differently but I, it was just It was an interesting start for Ian Anderson and and makes me wonder if he's figured something out there with his breaking ball.
0: Yeah, get him back in there at home against the Colorado Rockies. How about Trevor Rogers? In two starts since returning, he's allowed six earned runs over eight and two-thirds innings. Doesn't look right right now. They're not letting him go deep into his starts. Would you start or sit at the Nationals this week?
1: Probably Sid. He's at the point where he needs to show me something before I get him back in my lineup, which I guess means he's he's not undroppable. I would be a little scared to drop him, but it's not unthinkable.
0: Yeah, it's a tough matchup this week too. And I know that we look at the the Nationals and they, you know, they traded away Trey Turner and they kind of, you know, had their fire sale. But they are first in WOBA against left handed pitching this year, and they are tenth in WOBA over the last fourteen days overall. So they're offense is still playing pretty well. Uh, yep. All things considered from Valdez over his last two starts 11 innings pitched eight runs seven walks 10 strikeouts looks like he's starting to lose the control again here Scott would you start or sit at the Texas Rangers which is a good matchup.
1: I would start I, I mean most of the walks were in this most recent start. He had five walks on Friday a combined at, at That equaled the number of walks he had issued in his previous four starts, so it's really a one-off, you know. So yeah, against the Rangers, I'd still trust Framber Valdez. I
0: believe he started against them recently. Yes, he did on August twenty-eighth. Seven innings, two runs, seven strikeouts. So yeah, one of one of his better starts this year. Get Framber Valdez back in there. Hyunjin Ryu at the Orioles. The Orioles crush lefties, man. It's. (laughs) they're not very good at, they're bad at a lot of things, but against lefties, they they are actually pretty good. Uh, Hyunjin Ryu gives up seven earned runs, over two and a third. His last 18 starts now, since the beginning of June, a 4.98 ERA, a 4.39 XFIP. Scott, Ryu's ERA is now 4.11 overall, which means, you might have to eat a hat.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Would you start him against the twins this week at home? I, I don't think so. I think Hyunjin Ryu has gotten old on us. That's that's yeah. all I can make of it at this point. He's just gotten old. Yeah, he's thirty-four. That's younger than me, but it's old. Yeah, in a baseball sense,
0: it's kind of like right in between us, Scott. You know, mm. age-wise, that's Hyunjin Ryu. Yeah, Frank and Scotty mm. age sandwich. I'm with you, though. I mean, I'm starting him in a 15-team league because I just, I don't have a choice. I don't have many options, but uh, I I think if you can get away from him, it's something I would look to do. Dylan Cease was up against the Red Sox this weekend, two and two-thirds, five walks, seven earned runs, but he faces the Rangers this week.
1: Yeah, and he had been pretty reliable before this. His ERA jumped about 40 points. It's now 422, I believe, Mm -hmm. but he had gotten it down in the 380s with a ton of strikeouts. So, against the Rangers, I think I think you stick with Cease.
0: Yusei Kikuchi, five innings, one run, eight strikeouts against the Diamondbacks this weekend. Had 14 swinging strikes on 76 pitches. He's still 81% rostered. He's only 55% started. And he's at the Royals this week. So, that is a good matchup.
1: It, it was a great start and a sea of misery for Yusei Kikuchi. <laughs> so, um... No, I can't. Even with that matchup, I can't bring myself to start him.
0: Aaron Savali gives up seven runs to the Milwaukee Brewers on Sunday. Would you start or sit at the Yankees this week?
1: Hmm. Yeah, he looked good in his first start off the IL. But, I don't know. He's kind of... I I know his numbers are much better this year, but he's kind of like Kyle Hendricks, I think, where when it goes bad, it goes really bad. Mm -hmm. And... this will be his third start back from a long IL stint. It's risky. I I think I'd prefer to sit Savale, but you may not have great alternatives.
0: Last one here, probably more so for deeper leagues, but Nick Pavetta, uh, five and a third, one unearned run against the White Sox on Sunday. He's 72% rostered. He's at home against the Baltimore Orioles. He's someone who stood out to me because he was available in some deeper leagues. Uh, What do you think about that
1: start? I just don't think Pivet is very good. Yeah. He, f- before going on the COVID IL, he had three straight, four earned run outings. You know, decent start against the White Sox coming back, but I'd just i I'd rather not put my trust in him.
0: Okay, I lied. There's one more. Aaron Nola is at the Mets this week. He's got a 5.56 ERA on the road. I know that you keep saying that
1: you're going down with the ship, Scott. Going down with the ship. Are you, are you actually gave doing us it? He 10 strikeouts. On Sunday with a not so great ERI. But ten strikeouts. You can't you know they're in the bag. You, you can't you can't lose those ten strikeouts. What a weird season, man. I, he had a sub
0: one whip in this start. Five hits, zero walks, five and a third, but he gives up three
1: runs. He just gave up a three run homer to Hampson, I think, right? Yeah. That was that was it. Three run homer didn't make it six and and by the way I think he's gone six less than six innings in seven of his past eight I believe it is. So, but then the, and then the one where he went more than six he went like eight and two thirds or something. So, I I yeah.
0: can't I can't tell which side you're on anymore, Scott. Because it, it kind of sounds like you're. giving I'm just us, giving you facts.
1: Yeah, those are just just the facts. All right, sir. So you're keeping him in the lineup um, at the Mets. Yeah, I mean there. I think Aaron Nola's good. I I understand he's not showing us that <laughs> very regularly. But he is at least getting strikeouts. And and look, the whip is down to 1.12 on the season. It's a good whip. It's a high ERA basically. Yeah.
0: Weird season. Weird season for Nola. Uh, Lance Lynn made his return this weekend as well. He's at He's at the Rangers this upcoming week. So yeah, make sure to get Lance Lynn back in your lineups. The call to the pens and bullpen updates on Friday for the Orioles. Cole Sulcer pitched two innings; He picked up his seventh save of the season for the Reds on Friday. Michael Givens got his seventh save. Michael Lorenzen used in the eighth inning. That's been the formula recently, but it's the Reds. So take it with a grain of salt for the Mariners. Drew Steckenrider struck out the side on Friday for his eighth save Diego Castillo was used in the eighth inning. Paul Sewald had allowed three earned runs over his previous two appearances before that game. So, who gets the next save opportunity for the Mariners, Scott?
1: I think Steckenrider's the top choice here. That doesn't mean he necessarily gets the next save chance, but I think, I think he's the one to roster. For the Rangers,
0: Joe Barlow picked up two saves this weekend, available in very deep leagues. For Oakland, on Saturday, Sergio Romo came... In in the eighth, uh, up six to two, he gave up four, gives up four earned runs. It was actually three. He left with a runner on base. Andrew Chafin comes in, gives up a two run homer. Uh, he actually takes the loss. So Oakland's mm. bullpen is an absolute mess right now. And they're sinking like a rock. Sure are. Uh, for the Pirates, I mentioned Chris Stratton picked up his sixth save. David Bednar is dealing with an injury right now. For the Cardinals, Giovanni Gallegos picked up two more saves this weekend and is widely available if you do need a closer
1: up giovanni gallegos might be a top 10 closer right now he's gotten four saves in five days yeah and um alex reyes isn't getting the rollback they're 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 making him a multi-inning reliever for the rest of the season like kind of kind of in preparation for him competing for a rotation spot next spring so it they haven't declared Gallegos the closer, but he's gotten six straight saves, including four in the last five days, and Reyes is out of there. So uh, Gallegos is... If he's not an ace reliever, he's just below that. It's finally happening for your boy, Scott. Lego
0: my Gallegos. Mm-hmm. Yes. Except don't let him go. Get him Get him on your team. For the Marlins, Dylan Floro gave up a run on Saturday but picked up his 10th save. For the Nationals, Kyle Finnegan recorded the final five outs on Sunday, picked up his ninth save. Carlos Estevez, a clean inning for his seventh save. And then for the Diamondbacks, JB Wendelkin picked up his first save of the season. Tyler Clippard is currently on the COVID IL with flu-like symptoms. He threw a bullpen on Sunday, so there is a chance that he can return this upcoming week. To stream or not to stream, we'll start with Monday. Rich Hill versus the Cardinals. Logan Gilbert versus the Red Sox. AJ Alexi versus the Astros. Ryan Yarbrough at the Blue Jays. Paulo Espino versus the Marlins. And John Gant at the Yankees.
1: Okay, I'm going to say Rich Hill versus St. Louis is probably the only one I'd actually do. But if you need a second one, Logan Gilbert against the Red Sox.
0: Yeah, don't. Don't start Logan Gilbert, but Rich Hill, yeah, I I can get behind that. For Tuesday, Jesus Lozardo at the Nationals, Eric Fetty versus the Marlins, Luis Heel at the Orioles, John Gray at the Braves, Tukey Toussaint at home versus the Rockies, and Logan Allen at the Twins.
1: Lozardo at the Nationals, I think, is a good play. Uh, And I don't mind John Gray at Atlanta. I don't mind Tukey Toussaint versus the Rockies. But Lozardo is definitely my favorite here. I oh I I don't mind Luis Hill at well Luis at Baltimore after he just walked seven yeah it's it's a little I risky liked, I liked you know what it may be a moot point because I think Luis Hill is actually going on Monday against the Twins with Cole coming back Tuesday actually I think you are right yeah yeah so, so don't even don't even worry about Luis
0: apologies Hill. I blame you. ES- ESPN matchups. No, it's fine. You you, you, you normally. <laughs> That's such a
1: gift for using that inferior site, Frank. <laughs>
0: uh, you, know, you said it, not me. Uh, all right, we're going to wrap there for Scott. I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching Fantasy Baseball today. We'll be back again on Wednesday. Bye bye.